Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Aces uh, go today. And, the Aces uh, today, yes. yeah. And That's second. why we're on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The second to, uh, second to last tune-up. Uh, Cole's facing uh, who, Toronto? Yeah, you got Toronto. Toronto, yep. And, mm-hmm. uh, and DeGrom is going. He's, uh, he's going to be down at West Palm Beach as uh, they take on the Nationals there. Uh and uh, it looks, you know, DeGrom will I pitch backfield next time. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what, what they're going to do with Cole because they face Washington again. So, yep. uh, but, you know, it doesn't really matter where he's pitching. He's looked, uh, you know, unstoppable again this year. So, and, uh, and then, you know, Cole has looked pretty good too for that matter. Yeah, this is the so. fun part for us watching these two guys. You know, I mean, we kind of dreamed on it a little bit last year, got a little piece of it with, you know, these guys making 12 starts and, and here you go now thinking about the idea that there aren't many starters in the game who are going to make 32 starts this year. Uh, I've got to think that Cole and, and DeGrom probably have a really good chance of doing that. And, um, you know, just because of their history of workload and, and who they are and just how they look. And this and this is the fun one because this is probably, what, about maybe 75 pitches or so for these guys. Yeah. And, then, and then you scale them back just a little bit. And, yeah. Um, and get ready to go. So it's, um, you know, we're tasting it, man. We're less than two weeks out. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. The idea of uh, uh, with Carrasco's injury with the Mets, uh, mm-hmm. Sweeney, the idea of a six-man rotation came up. And the thing is that, and, and Luis Rojas, you know, doesn't, he leaves a lot of things open. You know, he never really says, you know, that, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the point where Edwin Diaz is the closer, even though everybody knows he's going to be the closer, but, uh, you know, and who's who and who slots in where, uh, he leaves everything very open and goes by competition, okay, which is fine. Um, And you read between the lines a little bit, but he pretty much shot that down right away because when you when you have a Degrom and you have a Cole, uh, it's hard to do a six man rotation. You know you can't you can't be pushing those guys back. They first of all they don't want to. Second of all, you don't want to because you want them out there every five days. Now you can you can get them an extra day here and there when you have days off. And there's there's plenty of time in April. I think the Mets have. Uh, have five days off, I think, mm-hmm. all told, in, in the month of April, and the Yanks probably have a bunch too. Yeah, um, and you know, it, it gets uh, it'll get tighter after that. But uh, you've you've got to have those guys out there. What you can do is drop other guys into the rotation, and you know, give a a certain pitcher ten days. You know what I mean? Yes. To get, skip a start, and uh, and you know, give him uh, the ten days off, and, and get him back into the rotation, and help him that way, and help him innings wise. And especially when you get down to the end of the rotation with guys like David Peterson with the Mets, who haven't pitched, 
you know, haven't gone beyond 130 innings in a, in a season at, at all, and that was a couple of years ago. So, but it, it was interesting that they kind of shot that down. Openers, he didn't shoot down. Yeah, uh, you know, figuring out other ways to do it. But um, the six-man rotation, you know, pretty much when you have an ace, it, it pretty much exactly goes by the yeah. exactly right. I mean, when you've got a guy that you, you know, I mean, when you've got a guy like Degrom, when you've got a guy like Cole, when you've got a guy like Scherzer, or any of these other guys, you don't want them pitching less. You, you know, and that's what a six-man rotation does. And I understand what it means in theory, uh, but you're making your best pitcher pitch fewer games, so you kind of have to maneuver other guys around, and then you're shuffling too many people around, so mm-hmm. it becomes a little bit of an issue. But you know, last week you and I spoke to David Cohn on this program, and, and he said, you know, going back to days when he worked with Mel Stottlemyre, you know, they're, you know, and they weren't dealing with ramping up from a pandemic. They were talking about the idea of um, rest between starts being you know, just a big factor for them and being about, you know, lengthening the season for them, durability, uh, an extra day here or there, or as you said, skip a turn. These are the kinds of things you're going to see teams do a lot. And we hear about six-man rotations all the time um, or or the, the idea of it. When you have a real number one, it makes zero sense because then you're just giving them the ball fewer times. Yeah. No, it's listen, it, it, I, I think, uh, I was talking to uh, my buddy Dave Sims uh, the mm, other day. Yeah. We were talking about uh, the Seattle rotation because he was asking me about uh, Chris Flexen, who used to pitch. Oh, uh, sure. He pitched with the Mets, and he went over to Korea and and pitched well there. And and Seattle, actually, I think they signed him to a two year deal, actually, which uh, you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's in the rotation. But they're going to go with the six man. And, but it makes sense because they don't have uh, who's but Marco Gonzalez is that their number yeah. one? I guess uh, mm-hmm. you know and. They're going to go with a six-man rotation, and they're a young team, and they're not going to win this year. So it makes sense. I, <laughs> I, I totally get that. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they, they don't have a guy that you can hand the ball to every five days and say, go get him, big boy. You know, yeah. this uh, stop a losing streak or whatever. So With the uh, idea of contending like you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. So, uh, you know, that it makes sense for a lot of teams like that. But it doesn't make sense for other teams, especially with the big guy at the top, you know. So who is it? There's a, was it Texas that has a Sims and a Coleman? Is that who uh... – uh, who I don't is know. there's a basketball team? There's a basketball. <laughs> oh, 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 one, yeah. one of the college teams. Uh, no, uh, yeah, well they're gone anyway. Yeah, Texas. Lewis, yeah, got Lewis Coleman the third, and yeah. uh, the, the Sims on there too. I didn't. I, didn't I think that yeah, I think there's a Sims it, and a Coleman. It doesn't matter because Abilene Christian <laughs> beat them. Oh, man. How great are those? Uh, Upsets, uh, man. I know. Abilene That's Christian fantastic. And, uh, Oral Roberts, the other one with uh, yeah. with Ohio. So how's your pool? How's your pool doing? I, you I, know, I stopped doing them so long ago because of days oh, like this. You? Yeah, okay. it's just you know, I don't, I don't pick the brackets anymore. I don't watch them as as closely during the season. And it just, I mean, you know, I I do other things for uh, for interest in that, but just picking the bracket, I, you know yeah. what I? <laughs> it's funny because I'm wearing a Kansas sweatshirt right now, and I used to. Every year, probably from, I don't know, I'd say, like, throughout the entire 1990s and, and 2000s, right. I used to pick Kansas almost every year. I'm like, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. And I think I, the year that they, Syracuse beat Kansas in the final, right? In, oh, the Carmelo's year? I think uh, yes, they, yep. they beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, right, because Roy Williams, I think that was his last year there. But that was the year that I think I picked Kansas to win. Nobody had picked Syracuse to win, so by the time we got to the championship game, I won my pool, regardless of the outcome. 
and I sit back. And Kansas still didn't win, but <laughs> they, they finally paid off for me. Anyway, I used to pick them forever and ever, and it never worked out. I stopped doing the brackets a long ago because, you know, everyone, you know, at, at 3 o'clock on, on the first day of the tournament, everyone said, oh, my pool, my bracket. It's the- <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. I- I, I've got a couple. I have one Gonzaga, one Baylor, and okay. uh, I, I, I didn't even look where. Cause I've I've had I know I had some teams knocked out, but I, you know, speaking of cues, I was watching them. How about Buddy Beheim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good lord. You're doing his best Steve Kerr imitation. Hi, yeah, I can yeah. shoot threes. Yeah, put me in the next level uh, and put me on the right team, and I'll I'll drain a few for That's you. That's the he game. Was, was I heard a few Jerry McNamara references. Uh, uh, yeah, the day. yeah, a little bigger than uh, a little bigger than Jerry. More, yeah, more size than that, but uh, yeah, he could shoot. He can, yeah, he that's fun. So, and they play today, right? Uh, they will play today. Yeah, they have to take on uh, West Virginia. Uh, and, yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. old school and, uh, Big East football matchup. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And the the weird thing is that it's going into Monday too. Like we talked about this last yes, week. Yes, yeah. They're uh, they started Friday, so it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday mm-hmm. instead of your traditional uh, Thursday through Sunday. They did the the play-in games on Thursday. They right, did, uh, and next week I think is the same thing, isn't is it? it? I think I think it Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, really? Okay, I believe. Okay. I uh, so I think the regional finals, the Elite Eight games, are going to be on uh, on Monday and Tuesday. I on Monday think and Tuesday? if I saw okay. that right. Cool. Well, uh, so yeah, they're stretching that out a little bit differently, um, yeah. and I'm not sure we understand. I understand exactly why, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of basketball around. The and women's just, tournament starts today, and the women's tournament starts today, right? And just in case uh, you thought you'd check out from reality, uh, you had a team that uh, got bumped. Uh, yeah, VCU, right? VCU got bumped. Uh, that came down. I don't know what. I, I heard it like around six o'clock or so. Maybe it happened before then. But yeah, uh, I saw it on the screen it. last night. You're right. That's and well, and it's funny too because I hadn't, I, I hadn't followed a lot of college basketball this year, and I'm looking at some of the records as, um, you know, as the matchups are up there, and you know, right. you got some teams that you know Iona played less than twenty games, right. yeah, the other yeah. teams that no, played exactly. like the almost thirty. Right. Real yep. inequity there, and and. Yep. Really, no idea, which makes the bracket even worse to figure out. You don't know yes. who's good right now. You don't right. know how anybody got here. Yeah, I think you know if you're if you were smartly making out brackets, which I never do. Uh, you know, <laughs> you just kind of wing it and uh, and figure out you know this yeah. yeah this this team will do this and that whatever. But it I, this is probably a year where you take the hottest teams you can. You know, coming down yeah. the stretch because you don't you really don't know. Uh, you know, like Baylor is 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 a team to win it all, but at the same time, you know they had a COVID pause for a long time. You know, and they really yeah. haven't been the same team since they came back. You know, they look great yesterday, but that's a game that they should have won easily. So whatever. It's and you got teams do. in those ten, eleven seed spots that if you'd played a full season, you know, maybe they're maybe they're higher, maybe they're lower. But you don't right. really know exactly how good they are right. uh, based on what's happening. But the, I mean, the games the, are still kind of fun to watch. I understand. And I saw something earlier this week somebody wrote, and, it's, and it's, I think it's true because of just the way the NBA has evolved. Like, the star power in college basketball is gone. You know, you don't have these guys that you're attached to for two, three, four years at a right. particular school yep. that you know are the stars of the game. Mm. Uh, so that's made it a little bit more different to watch. But when you get into these environments, and even with the lesser crowd – you know, small crowd. When you see a one-point ball game and or a three-point ball game, and there's ten seconds on the clock, I mean, it's you know, this is what you you kind of live for this time of year. Yeah, no, there's no quite. Listen to me anyway, because I mean, I love the sport and uh, and played it a long time, but they they. Uh... 
you watch the NBA game, and it's 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 a totally different game now. With just you know the the threes galore, it's mm-hmm. just it's not the same. And you watch the college game, and it's different. Yeah, they shoot threes. Yeah, of course they do. I, you know, yeah. you, you get it. And three three over two, I everybody understands that. But it's still a different game, and it's uh, you know there's still penetration to the hoop, and uh, you know there's still more. More basketball, I guess, than than what you see in the NBA. That's uh, to me. Yeah, that's it's it's just it's more fun, you know, to uh, to watch. That's why I think it's kind of exciting at this time of year. And it's uh, fun too to watch. You know, these these kids are still. I mean, they're fantastic athletes, but at times you see the game speed up a little bit, even for these guys, and you recognize how young they are. And right. you're, I mean, I, and I forget which game it was. It was the other day. You know, the guy the guy took a three. He didn't need a three, and yep. and yep. Yep. and it, it was a bad shot. And it, you know, but it, he, he rushed up a three and a bad shot. It's like you know, uh, it, you had another second. He was coming down the court. You had another second to get a, a five feet closer, right. you know, and yeah. and maybe make a better shot. And it's um, it's funny to watch those and see you know, even even these guys who are elite athletes and they've played highest level of competition, they get in this moment, mm-hmm. and maybe that you know. And, and and it still gets yeah. away from them a little bit. Yeah, it was interesting too. The uh, the first game that they had, Florida and Virginia Tech. All right, that was like noontime on Friday that that mm-hmm. tipped off or whatever. And it came to Florida won in overtime, but and they had a three point lead, and they hit coming, the three. And, and yeah, Virginia Tech hit the three, and I, I forget who was doing the game. Whatever he said, they should foul. They should you should foul here, right? You know, and not let them take the three. But mm-hmm. nobody ever does. No, no. You, it it happens time and time and time again, over and over. Mm-hmm. And you know they and they had time to follow him too, coming over half court. Yes. They had time to follow him, uh, get him to the line. Didn't do it. Takes a three. Bingo. Overtime. Now Florida won it overtime, so it didn't kill him. But you know it's it's little things like that, and you go, wow. You know, will they ever learn? Will they I threw that? I threw off my kids that day because I was as you said it was the first first game, first game and yeah. I'm over in the kitchen. The TV's on. I'm trying to get them into watching a little bit of, them, and they're not. And I'm I guess I forget what I was doing. I was fixing a snack or something. And I looked up and I just went, Oh, he died it! <laughs> and they had no idea what was going on. The so. uh, one one other thing, the game today, the it's uh, Illinois and Loyola Chicago, the first game today. But I, I was uh, amazed that this I didn't see it going in. Sister Jean. Remember, yeah. remember her? Mm-hmm. It's 101. I had no idea she was that old. Yeah. Uh huh. She's still kicking. I thought, yeah. I thought that was great. Thought, She's up there rooting, rooting them uh, on. That's the fantastic. Ramblers. Yeah. Hey, as long as we're talking college basketball, we should probably mention a little college baseball because uh, our buddy Al Leiter had wow, an amazing that? day yesterday when he his son Jack. For I mean, if you. Uh, it's all over Twitter if people are on it, but if you don't know what we're talking about, Jack Leiter at Vanderbilt threw a no-hitter yesterday and struck out 16 batters Amazing, to man. do it. A, full, a nine-inning no-hitter, you know, not a seven-inning job or anything like that. When he said, got the last 27 outs, right? Is yeah, he walked the first batter. Walked the first batter? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then 27 in a row, and, wow. you know, it's it was just – I was talking to Al about two weeks ago, and um, – we were talking about some stuff, and all of a sudden I said, hey, how's, you know, what's it like watching Jack? I said, how do you, I said, how do you watch Jack? Like, what's, you know, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a fan, a dad? But he said, he said, it's a great question. He said, he charts the games. So, okay. cause it, so it gives him something to do. I think it kind of, you know, it may sound like it kind of takes away some of the nerves. But really all he wants to do is he wants to watch him have fun, and he wants, to, wants him to be happy, you right. know, and, 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 and you know, he helps him be better at it. Well, watching that yesterday and the idea of like, like he talks pitching with his son all the time because he can. 
And he and, and the, the thing that stuck with me, Eddie, is when he said, you know, I just I just wanted to be happy, you know, and you kind of feel that like when you think about your own kids and he's watching his son who's going to be a first round pick, you know, and maybe wa- maybe the number one, maybe number one Poss- overall. Possibly. And I and it, like he's eligible. Like he was only drafted two years ago, but he turns 21 in April. So he's yeah. eligible this yes. year. Correct. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that, I mean, it was amazing to see. You know, he's yeah, that, his I, arm I, is amazing. I heard him uh, talking, Jack. Um, I, I don't know when it was a little while ago, but he was, you know, talking about um, that Al, even when going back to like when he was two, mm-hmm. he'd have a ball in his hand. Okay, you know, he'd yeah. give him even like a Nerf ball, you know, just just to throw or you know squeeze whatever. But he he had a ball in his hand all all the time, and that. Uh, you know, I'm sure it grew from there, and he was probably doing bullpens at four. Yeah, but uh-huh. but uh, you know, it's it's great. The you know, he's a righty too. He's not a lefty. Yeah, like Al, he's a right-hander. But um, I, I, it's great. You know, it's it's great to see that. Uh, I, I never, I remember, I kind of remember Jack a little bit. You know, when he was younger, like you know, seeing him around the ballpark mm-hmm. and that. But it had to be. Uh, it's got to be uh, great for, for Al. I mean, it's got to be a great feeling. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about – well, he was – let's see. Jack was born in 2000, so I, I don't know if they crossed – was uh, I, don't, I don't think they crossed paths. Pat Mahomes was on the Mets in 99, but not 2000, right? 99. Yeah, I, I think don't so. think he was there 2000, yeah. So, I mean, think about you know, yeah, no. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Jack <laughs> yeah. Leiter, you know, exactly. there's – you know, and, I know, I know we thought there was some funny stuff in, in the – you know, like the – you know, on the pipes at Shea Stadium, but man, there was there was something happening there. You want to uh, you want to feel old too? There, there yeah. you go. That's yeah. you want to feel yeah. old. I got. I remember watching little little uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, in, yeah. his, in his uniform all the time, and he'd be out there throwing with his uh, with his dad along the first baseline prior to games and that. Talk about feeling yeah. old. Uh huh. That's fantastic. Uh, but I mean, I just gotta listen. And and I I didn't become a father until I was forty, right? So I'm mm-hmm. I'm fifty now. So I I, I feel you know, all these things that people are talking about when you sit there and you just, you know. You just watch the games differently because now right. the people who are performing are, you know, half my age. They're old enough to be my children, and you kind of think of it. They're closer in age to my children uh, than they are to me, and um, it it just hits you kind of differently. And I and um, I was I really felt great for Al because yeah. of a conversation I had with him two weeks ago, thinking about you know what he was able to watch yesterday. And you know we yeah. exchanged a couple of messages, and you know I, I hope maybe we have time to. I think he might be flying or something like that, but we might. Uh, Try to check in with yeah, them. Yeah, it'd be work. great. Listen, it'd be great if we can uh, if we can hook uh, hook up on it today. Before we uh, take a break, Joe Mack is going to join us. Joe McEwing, uh, yeah. of course, uh, is going to join us. And uh, third base coach now with the White Sox. Third base right? coach was, was the, the Chicago White now. Sox. Yeah. And Tony Larusa now uh, now managing there. But uh, I wanted to mention. I know you couldn't see it because the game wasn't televised. But uh, yeah. But Matt Matt Harvey yesterday. Matt, it looked pretty good actually. Pitched you know, well for, uh, for the Orioles. I guess he gave up uh, Geo home run. I think that was it mm-hmm. in, uh, in four innings. So, yeah. Listen, I, I hope uh, I hope Matt seems to have turned a corner personally. I think he's come to grips with what happened and uh, and you know what what went wrong, and yeah. hopefully he can uh, he can get back on track. Uh, that, that was good to see though yesterday. There's a lot happening, and he had you know he had the thoracic outlet too, right? Yes, uh, yeah, on top of that, everything. on top of uh, that. Well, yeah. Had the Tommy John came back from Tommy John on a year, he probably should have taken it easy. Yeah. But that was 2015. Right. Remember, and uh, I, I still. 
still remember, you know, sitting down in Miami in September and that whole, you know, the Boris thing. You know, yeah. He's, he's, we have an innings limit or whatever. And, you know, Harvey kind of towed the line there. But, you know, shortly after said, you know, I'm, I'm pitching. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go through and pitch. And it's a tough situation. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, and you know, that that's something I, I, I think a lot of Met fans sometimes forget. But, they, you know, there was some sacrifice there. You know, you had to. You had to consider that, you know, for the right. for the betterment, you know, you probably said, okay, that's enough. You know, I've, I've pitched enough innings. He went, I think it was 215 all told with the Yeah, the, with, uh, plus the postseason, World that's, Series. I mean, yeah, that's well, – I mean, 215 with the postseason. But it's, yeah. uh, that's a lot of innings coming back from Tommy John, so who knows. And you end up the you – know, Phil Hughes had the thoracic outlet, and that's something that, you know, yep. it's just really hard to come back from. Uh, and you had, like I said you add on the Tommy John everything else he's kind of put himself he put himself through some things too. Uh, I, his yesterday was his third official spring training start and the first two didn't go great, um, but he only allowed the one hit yesterday, um, the homer to Urshela, and he's, I think he walked one struck out two I think. Um, you know he's. He's um he got through four you know yeah. and, and pitched yeah. well against the you know it wasn't the A lineup but you know it's still you know you're talking about this late in spring training you're facing some good hitters and he's got a chance to do something there we'll see if he I, has a chance to do something with the Orioles yeah I mean I haven't seen the Baltimore rotation but I got I got to figure he's got a pretty good shot yeah if he continues to pitch well I would think that he's yeah, yeah. I mean That's, they brought Harvey and Felix Hernandez in on minor league contracts yeah, in Baltimore right, yeah. and I mean it's it's not a good team. And, you know, listen, we might get a chance to see a lot of those guys. If, uh, you know, the Yankees-Orioles uh, is the second series of the year. Okay. And then uh, not again till sometime in May, looks like. But, you know, 18, 19 games a year against the Orioles, it's uh, never usually a lot of fun. <laughs> those, are, those are some really wacky games sometimes uh, because the Orioles are just bad. But, hey, listen, if Harvey can make it back and have a, just a little bit of a different, you know – you never want it to end the way it was looking like it was going to end. And if he yeah. has a little bit of a comeback here, it would be kind of nice to see. Yeah, that was good to see. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.